Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. Welcome back to the midweek update here on the Owl Chat Podcast, and it is happy finals week to all who celebrate. We know we've got plenty of students in the audience. I'm right there with you guys. But as always, I am joined by my co-host and partner, Mr. John Finer. Producer Nick is in studio with us and our social media manager, Mr. Tim Desmond. John, speaking of social media, do you know we're on X now? X? You mean Twitter? Something like that, (laughs) depending on who you ask. Yeah, um, I actually did see that. We ha- we have uh, 78 followers. Anybody want to change that? Add a couple more. Uh, it is at Owl Chat Podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us. Um, you know, just do it or you'll get bad luck for another seven years. So uh, make sure to follow us. Absolutely. So we got a bit of a briefer show for you guys today, but uh, still, you know, important stuff to talk about. We've got new football scheduling news. We've got women's basketball. We've got men's basketball to talk about. So um, we'll get right into it with some uh, news in the softball world. Uh, former coach Scott Whitlock um, was announced into the Ace Sun Hall of Fame. Uh, the Owl softball program saw plenty of success under him at both the D1 and D2 levels. Um, so, you know, a big moment for that program. Um, glad Scott uh, got his recognition. Yeah, good for him. Uh, and we got some baseball news. Well, not really news, but a quick note. Uh, the 2024 baseball roster was posted on KSUOwls.com. If you guys uh, want to check it out, see the updated pictures, numbers, positions, all of that kind of stuff. Um, nothing too newsworthy on there. Just a quick note. Uh, we also have an NIL deal. Well, NIL in this case stands for Next in Line Program. Uh, current track and field athlete, I think she does the throws, uh, Callie Terza. Uh, she signed a deal with uh, WWE. It's kind of like their developmental program where they sponsor a bunch of college kids. Um, she'll have access to the WWE Performance Center training facility in Orlando. Uh, She'll get resources on media training, brand building, community relations, live event promotion. So, you know, if that's something that she is obviously looking to pursue, that is an excellent head start there. Um, We do have some uh, women's basketball news. Um, The Owls last uh, Wednesday, we were updating you live as we were recording the uh, podcast. Unfortunately, the Owls lost 49-43 at the Convocation Center. Uh, We trailed by as many as 15 near the end of the third quarter, but made it as close as a four-point game with four minutes left. On paper, there's multiple ways to look at this game. You could say uh, KSU only lost by six, had a strong comeback. But then again, you can say we shouldn't have gone down 15 and Chattanooga took their foot off the gas, blah, blah, blah. So I guess it all depends on how you want to spin it. Uh, But Chattanooga is a damn good team. They actually beat ranked Mississippi State on Sunday. Uh, coincidentally, uh, we play Mississippi State this coming Monday, so it will be a uh, a good basis for comparison. Let's see how we do. Um, also, this past weekend, I went to the uh, Coastal Georgia game and got uh, upgraded to courtside seats thanks to a season ticket holder uh, who had an extra. Uh, the Owls pressed pretty much all game. It was basically over within minutes. We, they, we held them to like a program low in points of 25, including, I think, nine in the first half. It was absolutely insane. Um, yeah, not much to add there. Uh, we do have some men's basketball notes. Um, the Owls beat Georgia State by 11, then beat UNC Asheville uh, more recently in an overtime thriller. 
Uh, you can find our podcast dedicated to those games on our channel on your favorite streaming service. So be sure to check those out where we go in depth. Um, so be sure to subscribe. Uh, next up is a road game uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, well, actually tomorrow by the time this podcast drops against uh, USC Upstate. Uh, Kai, I know you have a little bit on USC Upstate. Yeah, not a whole lot. We played them last year um, and they're a similar team um, as they were last season. Uh, so they're coached by Dave Dickerson, who's in his fifth season at the helm. Uh, Dickerson is yet to post a winning record at Upstate, but the Spartans have shown steady improvement since he took over the job in 2018, um, including a run to the Big South semifinals last year, where they were ultimately defeated by UNC Asheville. Um, this year, Upstate currently sits at four and five with three losses to power six opponents um, and two wins over non-D1s. Seems like they like to spread the ball around a lot. They don't have a scorer who um, averages over 13 points a game um but they're led by junior trey broadnax i hope i'm getting that name correctly um he's from savannah georgia so you know in-state product um but like i said we played him last year um and the owls took home a 65 to 56 win at the convocation center so john i know you don't know a whole lot about upstate as of right now but we're both going to the game how do you see this one going well, I, you know, when you said the name Trey Broadnax, I'm pretty sure his dad is Horace Broadnax, a uh, a, co a college basketball coach. Um, and I think we did we play them recently because I remember something about him being a, you know, a walk on that uh, did well. So maybe they put him on scholarship. I don't know why I remember that. Um, perhaps did we play them last year, didn't we? We did play him last year. Okay. Um, and I don't remember what the stats were last year, but he is currently leading them in points and assists. So yeah, he was a walk on at the time, I believe they said. So I imagine they put him on scholarship or I hope they did with, you know, everything going on right now in this world. Um, we, Upstate is a former a Sun rival of ours um, from like what, since we went into the league up through, you know, the five years ago or something like that. Um, also upstate, I believe was our rival in the, uh, peach belt as well. in D2, I think they, uh, it might be them that they came up with us. I could be totally wrong. Um, I wasn't following, you know, back then, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, all I have about upstate. We have some, br a brief men's basketball recruiting note, uh, Gregory pops Dunson, uh, pops is his nickname. I believe at 2026 point guard, uh, he was offered by the owls. Uh, he's from Alexander High School, Alexander High School, the same school as uh, Braden Liu attends, current Owl signee who just signed a week or two ago with the program. So, you know, he's 2026. 20, so that's still a ways out. So, you know, I just think it's good that we, you know, offered him since he knows Braden and maybe he'll want to play with Braden again. Um, in some football news, uh, defensive backs coach Darius Safford, who's been with the Owls for what, five years? Uh, was hired by Georgia Southern to coach cornerbacks. That's his alma mater. So it sort of makes sense that he left. Um, I assume that's why, uh, but also you never know. Nathan Burton might just want to have his own people in there. Um, and some other news, uh, recruiting news, um, the football team continues to offer a lot of players. Uh, you can view those on my website, ksuowlhowl.com, if you want to take a look. Um, also, we had three visits this past weekend that we know about. I'm sure there were more. Offensive lineman Kalari Gordon from Carver High School in Montgomery. Defensive lineman Kevin Norwood from Theodore High School in Theodore, Alabama. And Kaleem Coswell from Garden City Community College. I briefly spoke with Kaleem. Uh, he had a great visit. Uh, he said there's no, ex I asked him, is there a timetable? He said there's no exact timetable on when he plans to announce his commitment to whoever and wherever uh, that might be. Um, and in some other recruiting news, uh, the Owls have had a couple more players enter the portal since our last uh, recording. 
defensive back Dylan Hand, who's played the last couple of years, and defensive back DeAndre Morris. Uh, Morris has since been offered by Temple, EKU, and North Texas, according to his Twitter slash X feed. And finally, in uh, football, uh, Kennesaw State and Georgia Southern on Wednesday announced a home-and-home football series in 2032 and 2033. Uh, The first game would be in um, Statesboro, and the return game would be in Kennesaw. Um, You know, I just kind of want to get a panel of thoughts on that. So I guess we'll go left to right here in the order of my Zoom figureheads. So, uh, Kai, what do you think about that Georgia Southern series? Are you excited? Anything like that? Oh, yeah, definitely excited to um, play another in-state opponent. Um, That's always good for recruiting, always good for attendance. Um, You'll get people invested. Uh, I think uh, we're all thinking the same thing here when we say, uh, why can't it be sooner? We're going to kind of give our administration the benefit of the doubt and say this was probably more of a uh, a call on Southern's end because I know, you know, we've got schedules to fill up for the next decade or so to come. Um, So definitely wish it could be sooner. You know, I'm going to be pushing 30 by the time this game comes around. So not looking forward to that, but definitely looking forward to watching the game. Um, so yeah, couldn't be happier about having him on the schedule. Just wish it could be, you know, like 2025, 2026, but beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Yeah. Well, I got a quick note before we go to producer Nick and uh, social media guy, Tim. Um, I saw a comment to somebody's post about the series and somebody replied something like I'll be dead um, or I won't be alive. <laughs> So I thought that was very self-aware. So whoever replied that we're rooting for you, my friend. Um, So, you know, I should bookmark that and, you know, bring, you know, when we do play them, we'll go to that in uh, 2032 and be like, Hey bro, you still alive and um, see if we get a reply. And if not uh, rest in peace, Uh, producer Nick, what are your thoughts on the Georgia Southern game? So so I actually need to lead this off with a question. When was the last time that Georgia Southern well, obviously it hasn't happened in football, but from in basketball, when was the last time they played a game inside the convocation center? Um, have I they know, ever? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have. It, um, it would have been during the Aaron Anderson era. I know that much because he mentioned that they lost to Southern at home while he played. So that's what, like, oh, oh, nine to 12. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've played them since. I, I just feel like we've played them every couple of years. So we'll have to do some research on that. I know the perfect guy to do that is our producer, Nick, though. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to look into it because I, I didn't really have this thought until you passed it to me. And I, I'm I'm just be trying to understand where the the gap in timeline is with them scheduling us in other sports. Like it took us playing them in a tournament to finally match up with them. So it was a neutral site game. And for being in-state, similar level programs, at least maybe now, I mean – I guess that that's up to <laughs> interpretation over the last five years. So I have an answer for you. I just pulled oh. it up. We played him in the convocation center on December 19th, 2017. That was the, uh, the most recent game. All right. Um, so my point, my point is essentially moot then. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of just be uh, excited that this is happening eventually and wait until then. <laughs> well, I, I think that we should, you know, uh, look at it like if you want to answer like that yes they're in state but there's lots of other schools that are closer you know like jacksonville state chattanooga what georgia southern is you know i've never been to their campus how far is it away three four hours it's a hike State's it's a hike, a hike. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a hike so there's so many other schools that we could play that are probably equidistant or not much longer so that's possibly one reason why whereas with georgia state it makes zero freaking sense whatsoever 
Right. I mean, with Southern, you know, you have more of the the student tension because it's in state and that, you know, affects college decisions for high school students. So I think that makes it a little bit more interesting and will make people care more. Um, it's like, you know, me, I know plenty of people who are at Southern. I know plenty of people who graduated from Southern. So um, it's it's nice to see this game on the schedule. Yeah, uh, Tim, I know you have a take on this uh, home and home series. Yeah, so I want to come from the side of internally in our athletic program. Um, if y'all haven't listened to the Norman Radow interview, I highly suggest y'all go take a listen. Um, he dropped a little note that I remember. He talked about how our our, our president, our board, doesn't didn't really understand the value athletic, athletics can bring to the university. And I, don't, I think the reason why we haven't scheduled more games with state Southern is because one, they, you know, we've always been at the bottom of the barrel in basketball for X amount of years. Now that we're getting good and they see how much value sports bring, they want to get more competitive. They wanted to go beat Southern. They want to go beat state and play them more. So I don't think it's the other university athletics saying, Oh no, we don't want to play state. It's our athletics going to their athletics Georgia Southern, Georgia State, saying, hey, let's play. It, it could very well be that. And also the other schools might be saying, hey, you know, we don't want to play a one win, two win, three win, you know, program that'll, you know, hurt our RPI or our net or whatnot. You never know what the reasoning is. I mean, throughout the years, different coaches, different times. Um, so everybody has a different reason. It just never lined up for Georgia State. Georgia Southern, I don't think there was, you know, any kind of, you know, how do I put this bad feelings there or anything like that? It just, you know, didn't happen for whatever reason, but yeah, Georgia state being like 35 years, you know, there's no excuse for that. Um, not getting done, um, at least in the D one era since like 20 in like 2005, 2006. So. I guess from that perspective, then we just need to be excited that we're starting to play more in state schools then, and just be happy that it's getting booked and there's positive momentum. Right. It's also worth to mention that Georgia Southern's a brand name. I mean, that's a, you know, historic uh, mid-major, low-major, whatever you want to call it, FCS uh, group of five football program. You know, they won two FCS national titles 25 years ago. Um, you know, Paul Johnson coached there. They have a great fan base down in Statesboro. Now, nothing else to do down there. Um, but still, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's going to draw attention. And I think that's really important. Now, um, what that's going to look like in 10 years, who knows? Um, there's really not much else to say. Speaking of nothing else to do in Statesboro, I believe the last time they went to the Convocation Center, as you said, was 2017. I'm not sure we sold alcohol back then. Um, I don't remember when we started selling uh, selling some beer. So maybe that will attract the Statesboro people to come out. That That is the thing to do in Statesboro. <laughs> um, I have a buddy who's from down there and I asked him, I was like, so what did you do uh, growing up? And he's like, oh, well, you know, we go find a river to play in. That's about it. <laughs> so there you go. That sounds like an absolutely Statesboro answer. I've never been, but you know, that's how I envisioned it. Just everybody playing in the woods or and drinking and, you know, doing that sort of thing. So, well, John, just uh, don't die on us in the next 10 years and we'll make the trip down. Okay. And then uh, uh, you'll get to say uh, that you've been to Statesboro. No promises. Um, I just had my physical this morning. So, um, you know, by the time this drops, um, I will have my results. So, you know, I will update you guys on if I will be dying anytime soon uh, on the next Owl Chat podcast. Uh, <laughs> but with that being said, uh, we have uh, some additional news. I'll go over to my friend Kai Millette to discuss uh, a little bit of Liberty. 
Yeah, so um, as college football fans know, Liberty is scheduled to play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Liberty earning the only group of five New Year's Six bid this year. Obviously, things will be different next year with the expansion to 12 teams in the college football playoff. Um, but what we want to talk about, the question I want to pose to the room is, for the greater good of Conference USA, should we be rooting for Liberty to beat Oregon in this game? Tim, I'll let you go first, and you got to drop here in a second. Yeah, so I've been on the Twitter threads looking at all like sidelines Conference USA and their takes on this game and also just Conference USA as a whole. I'm on the side of, yeah, I want Liberty to beat Oregon. I want them, I mean, I want it to be a close game, but I want them to pull it out the end. This is just more for conference unity. Uh, these Sunbelt folks on Twitter, all over, they are just, they're ignorant is how I'm going to say it, whatever. Um, I want the Conference USA to mature, get better. And if we're over here just, you know, shitting on each other, then to me, it's kind of dumb to root for Oregon here. You know, this looks good for our conference. It looks good for our football team. We need to cheer for them. This is great. Not only are we getting a con a new bunch of teams in conference to shit on, like Jacksonville State, now we're playing the our conference is better than your conference game. So it's very confusing. Do we want teams in our conference to suffer or do we want teams in our conference to do well? So other teams, fans in other conferences suffer. So it's just like a degree of suffering here. Who do you hate more? Your teams in your own conference so you can be dominant or teams of other fans conferences just so you can stick it to them. So how petty are you, I guess, is the, the name of the game here. There will be a point, though in this where when we, we get to that respectable level that's when we can go shit on each other but for now we're not there yeah i'm of the take that i want liberty to win uh because conference usa probably gets a payout for just being in it um and probably more if for liberty winning not that liberty needs the money but we do um so i know in basketball uh when fau got in um you know all the other schools got some kind of giant cut of the uh tournament money so you know that's one motivation um my other motivation is because you know it's really turned into just a you know liberty gets shit on so much and there's a lot of you know messed up messed up shit that happened at that school but like you know like taking it out on you know all the fans nonstop it just like it's just overkill every single time. It's all I see in my timeline when people are talking about Liberty. It's made me develop like this sort of soft spot for them. And it's turned into kind of like some kind of political battle between Oregon versus Liberty. And it's just like, um, you know, I, I want to comment so bad, but I, I resist. But, you know, it just makes me want to pull for Liberty even more. Yeah. I mean, to add to your point, um, most of the Liberty fans that I've met in person seem to be like, nice rational people um so it's hard to hate on them but also you don't want the rivalry to you know develop and grow and you got to find things to make fun of each other for um but you know to talk about what tim said the the conference love versus conference hatred thing um i think uh, at this point in college football we need to really be rooting for conference usa to be successful and to look good that being said there are a lot lot of excuse me, there are a lot of Liberty fans out there right now who are already talking about being too good for Conference USA and wanting to make that next step. And I think if they go beat Oregon, 
that's only going to ramp up. And then if they string together two or three of these years in a row, they're gone. They're going to the Big 12 or the ACC or whoever whoever will take them. Who knows, you know, what the landscape is going to look like three, four years from now. Um, but that does scare me a little bit. Um, so I would say I'm not going to root for Liberty to win because I don't want to, you know, not be able to stop hearing about it. But I want them to have a good showing um, and put some respect on Conference USA's name. Well, the you know, Liberty is kind of poison, I think, in the community because of their, you know, political beliefs and, you know, the history of the school. So, you know, John, conference- I'm gonna interrupt you there. If BYU can join the Big 12, Liberty is going to be fine. Well, we'll we'll see about that. Um, you know, I hope, you know, I hope you're right. I want them to stick around because, you know, remember the last time we met in basketball, we won. The last time we met in football, we won. And I believe the last time we met in the baseball uh, playoffs, um, the tournament, we won as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I have go go Flames, maybe. But, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Tough words John, here on the John, Asia John, podcast. John. We can't be saying that. That's uh, I should cut that, and I'm not going to, so everyone can hear you that you said that, but I should cut that. You should probably cut that. No, it's staying in now. You said go flames on the pod. Like I, I, like everyone, I'm in in the same realm. I am okay with rooting for them for the conference. When we play them, I do not wish any kindness. No, 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 the the kindness ends. The kindness ends next year. Um, We can, you know, we can root for certain teams in non-conference for like basketball. But once we get into conference, you know, we got to root against them because of the top dog. Um, it is only go owls. It is only go owls. There was a giant question mark after go flames. There was a giant question. <laughs> go flames. I can't but, wait for the one listener who has like a son who goes to Liberty and has a soft spot for Liberty to clip that out and bring it up in a year. You know, when we play him in a conference title game, and then you know you're going to be screwed on Twitter, John. Everybody's going to cut the coming for you, man. Oh no, we're cutting this out, then, guys. I we have to do it. We have to, we have to do it. Nope. But no. Um, as far as you know that goes um it it's just a it's just a sticky situation like you said you know we we want certain teams to you know do well for the league but then again we want them to fall flat on their face and i, I don't know what we can you know it, it just really depends on the situation like you said if once we're you know once we're where we need to be in football we want liberty to mm-hmm. just f- fall flat and you know so they can't challenge us and we get that you know top of the hill but yeah. for, you know, like next year when we're probably going to be just struggling to get to decent, you know, if if one team in the eight in the seat, I said a son in conference USA is just ascending above the rest like next year, you know, we might have to just kind of hope they get that bowl game. Um, it might be better for everything in the long run. Well, you got to remember that Liberty could lose this game by six touchdowns. And I think this season would still be considered a success for him. I mean, you know, they won 13 games, won the conference title. Um, so this is kind of house money for him. Um, so either way, I don't think it's going to be that beneficial or that harmful to the conference. I mean, if they go out and beat Oregon, then people are going to start turning their heads. But like I said, then the Liberty fans are going to start talking about leaving and making the jump up to the next level. So I selfishly, who, you know, really enjoys playing Liberty and really, um, am enjoying the rivalry that we're starting to build with them as it, you know, becomes competitive, especially in basketball. Um, I want to see them stick around, you know, I want them to be humbled. Um, but definitely want to see a good showing. I don't want, you know, Conference USA to be embarrassed, especially after, like Tim was talking about, all the uh, trash the Sun Belt fans have been talking, you know, the the MAC fans, you know, the Mountain West fans, all the other group of five conferences. It's mostly Sun Belt, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, bottom line, I won't be heartbroken, you know, any way you slice it. 
Um, I mean, it's, I mean, I honestly really don't care, you know, who wins the game one way or the other, but like I said, you know, I, I don't know about the financials and I want that payday. So that's, that probably means a little bit more to me than the whole conference, you know, supremacy uh, type deal. Cause what I mean, is exciting is, um, you know, Liberty is trailblazing for us, maybe in five to six years, we could be seeing Kennesaw state playing in, you know, a sugar bowl <laughs> on new year's day. That would be uh pretty crazy. Right. And now that's, you know, an attainable goal. I mean, that's still something that's so far away, but now it's like, okay, it's in the realm of possibility, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But do we have to run the table? I mean, we probably have to run the table. Oh, hundred percent. But who says we couldn't in six, seven years, you know, who knows what things are going to look like. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what things are going to look like next year with all this NIL stuff. And, right. you know, I, I think, uh, didn't one of you send an article on our group, ch- in our group chat about, and I, you know, different conferences with NIL yesterday. Was that you, Nick? What was that all about? It was, it was a new proposal from the NCAA to basically split off the power five, power four conferences and create like what would essentially be like a super league, like a whole nother subdivision. So it's, it we just need to hope that that does not happen because that would mess up a lot of things including basketball uh to my knowledge so because i don't think that was a football only uh proposal that was being brought to the table that was an all sports encompassing uh kind of move so would that kill the basketball tournament yes it's a potential likelihood that would be the biggest disaster that could happen in any way you slice it to me if you're killing that 60, what, 68 man tour, 68 team tournament, you're just, you're doing a disservice to everybody, fans, players, coaches, um, that will break my heart. Usually a lot of this stuff I can just put up with, but that, that would take me a while to get over. It would be seriously difficult for me to continue watching college sports if that were the case. Um, so I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, obviously like it's a legitimate report, but um if anything actually happens we'll just have to wait and see but we could talk about this for hours so like john mentioned our um unc Asheville post game show came out yesterday go back and listen to that if you haven't already thank you guys so much for listening have a great week, wait, wait, wait 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 cut go yeah. out there it is thank you for listening to the owl chat podcast as a reminder you can follow our hosts on twitter x at kai Millett and at ksu owl howl Make sure you're following our show account at Owl Chat Podcast and have notifications turned on so you're up to date on all new OCP episodes. Be sure to check out Kai's publication at BigOwlBlog.com and John's KSU message boards at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until we return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!